sorry. <laughs> it took a while to get going there, so we had a long hello. Uh, my name is Hayden Raymer, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely friend and co-host, Jeremy Lapidus. Jeremy's here. We're here to talk about some baseball. Uh, sorry for the delay for people who were trying to watch live. Uh, was, you know, just, a uh, wife's not feeling well, uh, and so we just have to push it back a little bit, uh, but it's okay. Hey, we're still getting it done. Only 30 minutes late. That's, you know, not too bad, right? Good time for us. Good time for <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, I mean, we have, it's been four series since we last did one so we'll talk about a little bit of baseball and what's been happening there uh and then you know there was a big extension i don't know if you heard uh davy got extended mm-hmm. we can talk about that because i know you and i i think at least my opinion has changed over the course of the season about stuff like that so i don't know if yours right. has changed at all uh but yeah i think it's important let's uh Get into it, Jeremy. How are you doing today? I am doing good. Uh, I'm excited to be back. Mm-hmm. Nats won today. Nats won today. It's a good day. It was a great That's... day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of baseball to cover. The last time we talked on this show, I believe we were going over the athletic series or were we previewing it we were previewing it so we didn't even talk about the oakland days getting swept by the nats in what was a really interesting series uh -hmm. i mean it's so long ago that i feel like a lot of people forget like there was like straight walk-offs yeah it was just constant (laughs) come behind come from behind victories uh I mean, I don't two think... straight walk-offs, yeah, sorry. Not straight. Three. I don't think that... The first one was 8-2. to two. That was a weird game yeah. still, if I remember correctly. Like, it was yeah, just no, such a uh, weird series. It always is, you know, with the Nats, there's always these weird things. But in that series, uh, Tybert had an amazing series. Uh, Vargas, uh, Ildemar Vargas, has been playing really well recently. Uh at least in that series and into the Red Sox series. He he was playing really well. Uh, but, yeah, the the Nats have been hot recently, you know? Since that athletic series started, I believe they've gone 8-1. Uh, Let me count this. One, two, three, four. Uh, Not quite. Six, seven, eight, nine. 7-2. Excuse yeah, me. I forgot a loss in there. Yeah. But they've been playing really good baseball recently. Uh, just as a whole, these last these last nine games, what's something that's that's uh, stuck out to you? I mean, uh, you briefly mentioned it with uh, Kybert. Uh, he's been excellent. Uh, since I mean, he's been excellent for a little bit now uh, since the All Star break, uh, which was something that you and I talked about how he really needed to. I need to have a good second half to make this not a lost season for him. Uh, and then, you know, CJ Abrams has been this breakout <laughs> star where, you know, all of a sudden you're looking up, you know, he was like, you know, a replacement level player. And now he's one of the hottest players in baseball. Uh, that, and I mean, the third thing that I think really stuck out, Jeremy is the bullpen. 
the bullpen has, for the most part, been really solid. Uh, I mean, you know, you saw Andres Machado go on this run where all of a sudden he was like one of these like high leverage arms for the Nats. Jordan Weems was untouchable. And, you know, up mm-hmm. until this Philly series, Kyle Finnegan was one of the best closers in baseball since June. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just been a whole bunch of things, really. Yeah, no, uh, the Nats are winning games, and we've said it so many times, so many times on this show, that the Nats live and die by their bullpen. That really is how it is, because, and you mentioned how hot these guys are. I mean, we knew Jordan Weems was the best, right? I, we all knew. Okay, you knew. Uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, but I mean, no, I mean, Weems has been really, really impressive. I mean, the he, entire he bullpen, has, yeah, or not the, I wouldn't no, say um, the entire bullpen, but most of the bullpen has been that, impressive. That back and, end has yeah. been really good. Yeah. Um, Machado, this run, you mentioned it. That's really surprised me. I, I'm not a fan of him most of the time until this little stretch here. Whenever he came out in the field, I did not like it. But recently, you mentioned he's been so good. I trust him a little bit when he comes out of the pen now, which is a huge step up from before when I thought the Nats were screwed when he would come out of the pen, honestly. Uh, Yeah, I'm pulling up the numbers now. I feel like just watching him, he's just thrown like way more two seams now. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had to see his rolling pitch percentage, I think, like, by breakdown. Let me see. Can I Can I see that on here? I don't know. Uh, but it feels like he's just throwing way more strikes. Uh, oh, wait. Here we go. I found it. Yeah, no, he's started just throwing it less. He started throwing his four seam less. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, throwing, favoring the sinker a little bit more. Uh, he's just been really impressive out of the pen. Uh, I mean, like I said, I think everybody that's in this pen right now uh, is showing flashes of being, like, somebody who could, like, you know, trust in a ball game. I think, you know, I mean, obviously, Finnegan, Harvey, Weems, Machado, we've talked about, uh, but you know, Mason Thompson's had some really good stretches. He's had his bad stretches too, but he's looked good in the past. Uh, Jose A. Ferrer has been pretty solid, uh, since he's come up. Uh, and then Robert Garcia, I mean, he had, I think, one bad outing, but outside of that, he's been up there with those other guys where, you know, he, he looked untouchable. Yeah, no, the bullpen's been really impressive. I mean, you said uh, Jose A. Ferrer. I, I know he's had at least one outing where he got hit, but I he came up earlier this season and he was immediately all but lights out. Uh, and obviously he's not being put in these super high leverage situations. He's been really, really, really good for them since he's come up uh, in that red series not too long ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's made... I'm trying to see how many appearances he's made now. Uh, 22? 22 appearances? 
and he's only allowed more than one run three times. Mm. And each time it was two runs. Like he's been really good. Yeah. Um but I mean at least twenty three, Jeremy. Yeah, he's gonna be good. <laughs> he's gonna be good. Uh outside of the bullpen though. The Nats bats have been have been on. You know, in about half of these games they've scored more than more than five runs. Uh they've got eight eight three, eight four, six ten, eight three, four, and then two tonight. But that's really good offensive output by this team. Uh especially after I mean you mentioned Kybert going off, uh CJ Abrams going off, but you know, Stone Garrett in this winning in, in, in these recent streaks, he's been he's been really, really good. Uh he's been seeing the ball well and I know he only he, he his role has been expanding a little more recently. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of only coming in against lefties, he's been coming in, you know, midway through games, even when he isn't starting. Obviously he's just he's still coming in to hit lefties, but he's he's staying in after. Mm-hmm. Um and I've been really impressed by him. Uh, he had that two homer game. I believe he was against the against the Red Sox. Um, yep. But no, I've, there's just a lot of guys up and down this lineup that have, have been really good. We talked about a little bit. Uh, he got sent down, but Jeter Downs uh, got some playing time mm-hmm. in some of these series. He had a walk off hit against the A's, and he he was he was making good. He was getting hits and stuff. You know. He was having quality at bats, getting on base most of the time that he was coming up to the plate. He was he was really solid, and that that's another thing that surprised me in in uh, this recent little stretch of games here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean he's been excellent. Uh, like I mean, like you said, he's no longer with the roster. The Nats uh, went with Carter Keboom to kind of fill his role. On the roster, uh, which, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, tonight only, I think that was a pretty good decision. Uh, you know, he homered tonight uh, in a 2-1 game. So, you know, that that run definitely mattered there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the Nats are just getting contributions from everywhere. Uh, Rutherford had that, like, 0-12 start. And now he's been, you know, he's boosted his line to where, you know, I'm looking here. I mean, it's still not great, but I mean, he's. It's not like it's a. He's he got hits, you know. Uh. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's. He's improving too. You know, he had his big moments, even if he isn't having the greatest year in the majors so far, or the greatest big league career, you know, because he's a rookie. Uh. But I mean, he had his moments where you know he. Help the Nats win ball games, and I just right. You know, he came through. He came through big. I remember watching. I don't remember what game, but bases were loaded. Uh, I believe it was one of the Phillies games, and he came through. Had a two RBI single immediately before uh, C.J. Abrams hit a three-run bomb. Uh, but you know, he's again another guy that we kind of dogged on a little bit for not having the greatest start to. Uh, his 
season career. Uh, but yeah, these these young guys have really started to come into form for the Nats, and that's really exciting. For sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know where you want to go. I don't know if there's more you want to talk about with these stretch of games. I think, I personally, I, I think these games have been incredible. Uh, and if anything, they just make me more excited for the future, uh, which is, I think, you know, is important to talk about here. Uh, do you want to talk about Davies extension? Yeah. Let's, yeah. I mean, speaking of the future here, Davies extension, uh, he gets, he gets a new deal. Uh, it's good to have stability there. We've talked a lot about his managing this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, and obviously it's important being a manager, uh, you said your opinions on this have changed. What uh, what are your thoughts about this contract, Hayden? So, I mean, it's two years with a team option. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard, I mean, I feel like it's been pretty widely reported now. Uh, but, I mean, you and I, we've, we've sat here a lot. Uh, I mean, there's videos of me talking about and complaining about management of the bullpen, of the roster, of everything. You know, uh, now some of the, the things I say, uh, listen, all I'm saying is I, I've, I've been saying play Riley Adams and Kyber Ruiz in the same lineup and they win tonight. <laughs> I've been saying that. And I feel like every time they're in the lineup together, they win that game. Uh, and you know, that's Joey just, at first base tonight. Joey too? at first base, no Dom Smith against the lefty. <laughs> like I, I, this is what I've been preaching for like months now. And it's good to see we're finally starting to do these little things like that. Uh, but I, I'm I'm gonna bring you into this for a second. I'm gonna quick circle back. I so in the, I you know I write the morning briefing. We all know this. We all read it. Uh, in it today, uh, I linked to I uh, linked to a quote from Juan Soto earlier in the year about the Padres. Uh, I'm quick pulling it up just because you know, like I said, my wife was sick. I pull up all my notes. Uh, heading into today. Uh, but I just need to pull it up. There we go. Uh, and the Mariners scored fifth runs in the eighth inning to then sweep the Padres. Excuse me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. You're all good. You know, they scored five runs in one inning to take the game uh, and sweep the series. And then Soto said after the game, days like this series, we just give up. Like, literally, we just give up instead of keep grinding, keep pushing. We've got to forget about yesterday and keep moving. Uh and, I mean, we've seen dysfunction uh, just this season in multiple organizations. We've seen reports come out of the Mets about their clubhouse issues. We've seen the White Sox get, you know, a pretty hefty amount of, you know, criticism thrown their way by their former players, uh, like multiple former players at once. Uh, and then, I mean, we just saw two key members of that front office get fired today. And we've just seen lots of dysfunction in this clubhouse, in these, all these clubhouses around the league. And if there's one thing I can't criticize Davey for, he always keeps the clubhouse in it. And I feel like it's always a strong unit, which allows them to play with this extra pizzazz where it feels like there's no lead is safe against right. this and team. That's, and that's the thing that we say about Davey, at least the conversations that we've had on this show the consensus, at least 
what I always say. He's a Hall of Fame motivator, yep. right? And that's really important. Like, he still needs to work on other things, but you're not a you, you can't he's not a perfect manager and I don't expect him to be. He's mm-hmm. going to make mistakes. But he knows what to do to keep a team to keep any team. We've seen him keep teams full of veterans. You know that when the Nats won the World Series, they were the oldest team in baseball, you mm-hmm. know? He kept them together when they were 19 and 31. He said, "Let's he motivated them to come through and eventually win the World Series, you know?" He's done it now with young guys. Guys that are in the MLB for the first time, super green in the league, have have very little experience, and he's done it through all levels. He knows how to deal with people. And in a season as long as baseball is, 162 games, what is it, five months out of the year? Six if you getting and stuff? No, it's even longer. It's super long season. Yeah. Sorry. Incredibly long. But in a season that long, you need to be able to keep these guys in the headspace. And he is so good at that. Yeah. And, you know, that is a super underrated part of managing. You know, you could be the best at making lineups. You could be the best at managing a bullpen. But if you can't keep the group of guys together for 162 games, it's not going to matter. Um, and he's really good at that. And yeah. it's hard to find a guy that can do it as well as him. Uh, now, again, not to say he's perfect. He makes his fair share of mistakes. But what he's really good at, he's really good at. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what I was going to circle back to was your Hall of Fame motivator. Because we've talked about this all the time. Uh, and I think part of it, too, is I think the people around him probably need the change for him to take that next step as a manager. Uh, there was an interview with Mackenzie Gore today on MLB Network. And... Uh, he was talking about how Jim Hickey doesn't care at all about spin direction or any sort of pitch metrics or anything like that. Uh, and I think if we're talking about modern baseball, I think that's unacceptable. You can say, hey, you know, all this about all that. We see the Rays constantly turn pitchers into Cy Young performance. Like, you know, guys putting up Cy Young performances. We see the Guardians do it without injuring anybody, really. I mean, we see injuries, obviously, because injuries happen. But you don't see, you know, 15 people get Tommy John like you see with the Rays. To not care about any of that is doing your team a disservice. And, I I mean, honestly, at, you know, in this day and age, with how much is easily easy to research and grab and learn. I mean, I spent the entire summer learning about all of it. I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I'm probably understand more than Jim Hickey. And I'm not, I wasn't paid to learn about any of this. So I don't know. That rubs me the wrong way. Uh, as a way that we're trying to run this team and trying to improve, especially if we're having young pitchers who, I mean, Josiah Gray took a massive step forward this year. He was an all-star. He went from giving up the most home runs in the league to, you know, being around league average a little bit below. But we see, I mean, tonight, he was giving up hard contact after hard contact. It was hit right at at everybody. Uh, Where a lot of nights, those are going to fall. And he walked five 
batters. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's putting people on base that don't need to be on base. You're only striking out four. It's hard to have success when you're not, you know, when you're walking too many guys, not striking out a ton, and you're giving up a bunch of hard contact. It's hard to have consistent success. success. Worked out today, but it's not going to work every night. And, you know, having access to that information and using that information might help prevent that. So, yeah, um, baseball, it's a new era, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the stat cast era, right? That's that's what it is. If you, and we've seen this before, there was that quote from Austin Voth once he joined the, the Orioles. I forget exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of, wow, they use stats here? I got so much better, that's crazy, type thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was the gist of that. Now, Austin Voth, I believe, is out of the league again. Uh, so it works for a little bit. Uh, so I'm not saying it's, you know, going to turn, you know, the worst pitcher you can imagine. Oh, he's on the 60 day IL. Okay. Uh, I mean, my, my bigger point here is you're in the StatCast era and you need to at least have analytics be a part of, uh, your, how you run your team. Like it doesn't have to be your main philosophy. You can have, uh, I mean, Mike Rizzo famously is a watch is what what it looks like on the field guy you know Mm -hmm. uh you can have those guys that's not a bad thing you need a good mix of both like as good as analytics are you need that little bit of i see talent i get talent type thing as well uh but you need to have some kind of analytics and my my bigger point bringing back up that austin both quote was uh this isn't the first time we've heard something like this you know, it's something that, that does need to change with the Nats, and hopefully we see it Hopefully we see it change in the near future. Uh, you know, that's something a rebuild can do. It can bring change in, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, even just, you see it throughout the organization now, and that's part of my issue. Because, I mean, I, I can go in and I can pull up a start from, you know, a pretty, you know, some solid pitchers on the Nats team. And I can see them throw their, by far their worst pitch the most. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have, you know, they could be throwing a terrible fastball, but have an amazing cutter or an amazing sinker. And they're just throwing that fastball. And it's just not working for them. They're getting shelled. Or the other way around where they have this fastball that's going to generate a ton of whiffs. And they're just throwing a sinker that's just easy to get. I mean, yeah, you're getting ground outs. You're not giving up a bunch of runs. But you're not performing to the best that you could be, you know? I mean, some people, you know, maybe you're Jordan Lyles. uh, And you think that the nine-run, five-inning performance is the best start ever. Uh, But, I mean, I feel like modern baseball, you know? you got to be striking people out. Maybe this is just where I'm too, too new school. You know, outs are outs. Strikeouts are great. Obviously, when you don't put the ball in play, that's the best result. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes you just got to get outs, you know, get soft contact. There's ways to do that. There you is. Know, you can't really shift. You can't really shift as well. You can't really do, like, the full shift now with the rule changes. But you can still, with pitch selection and uh, placement, you can still, you know, say, uh kind of force a ball to one side 
you know, and that's not perfect, obviously, because you have to execute and get the right pitch and get good placement and all that stuff. But there's things you can do without saying you need to strike out more people, you know? Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's just, you know, when you see – because, I mean, when you look at historic performances, right, Jeremy? Think, okay, here. What is <laughs> What is your favorite Nationals pitching performance? Ooh. Um, my favorite Nationals pitching performance is probably – there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean – Obviously, first thing that comes to mind was Steven Strasburg's debut, right? Yeah. What did you do in that debut, Jeremy? I know that's what you wanted me to say, but that's not what I'm going with, okay? Okay? All right? Okay, yeah. Go think of a a pitch outing that you enjoy. Okay, let's hear it. My favorite one was Jordan Zimmerman's no-hitter. Okay. That was that's my favorite. It was the Nats' first no hitter in their history. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's really yeah. Okay, that's a solid answer, right? Now, yeah. if we're you know building a Mount Rushmore of Nat starts, right? <laughs> you're gonna put probably multiple of Scherzer starts where he strikes out yeah. a bajillion people. You're gonna put yeah, that no hitter striking out game. That one. Yeah, you're gonna put his <laughs> games where he strikes out a bajillion people. You're going to put that Steven Strasburg performance, and yes, you're going to put Jordan Zimmerman's no-hitter. But my point is, you know, those strikeouts are what makes you an ace, and when you're, it feels like you're, I feel like when I'm watching somebody actively decide not to be an ace by throwing a pitch that's not letting them reach their full potential, that's where I get bothered. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that pitch isn't going to be the end-all, be-all. Because again, I'm not not paid to do all this. But I'm not trying to disagree with you because I 100% agree with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's not the end of the world yeah. if they don't get their strike up numbers up, strikeout numbers up. Yeah, it's just you know what I'm saying. I feel like they could reach a higher level, and I feel like I'm right. watching that level not be reached. And, and, that's, I, and and to your point, that's something I see out of Mackenzie Gore. You know, mm-hmm. he comes out here. I don't know what his K's per nine are exactly, but every it, it seems like every other strike, every other other every other start he goes out, he has at least five, six, seven strikeouts, some along those lines. You know, ten point two nine, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, and Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, these are the aces that the Nats want to build, and. Mm-hmm both really good right now you know but they can both be better uh mckenzie gore can be more consistent like when he's on he's on yeah. you know but there's like i said it's every other start that he's getting these strikeout numbers those starts in between he's getting shelled you know so there's ups and there's downs but it's a young team these guys are both really young and to go back to the point yes in a- analytics need to be in and they would absolutely help these guys yeah i mean there's a whole bunch more we could talk about here. I don't know how much you want to talk about nationals and coaching. I got all night. You got all night? <laughs> Listen, man, all I'm saying is last year, Kyber Ruiz was just slightly a below average catcher defensively, and this year he's been one of the worst. Mm-hmm. That's something that probably shouldn't happen. Uh, uh, there, there's been some positives offensively from this year. I think there's been some negatives too. I mean, I think somebody we talked about, Luis Garcia, somebody who got option. When you look at, like, you know, his expected numbers, a lot of his stuff, he improved over last year. It's just he wasn't getting the results uh, that he needed. 
maybe it was a mindset thing. Maybe he just needed that reset. I hope that's what it is. Because, you know, he improved defensively. He, you know, his swing decisions had improved. It was just that quality of contact. He just forgot how to hit a fastball. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what it was, where he went from slugging 579 to slugging 303 on a fastball. And, you know, that's it's hard to make <laughs> up that success when that's like the easiest pitch to hit. And you know, it's already hard enough to hit a baseball, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I, just, I hear my cat whining. Uh, she's very upset that I'm not hanging out with her. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think we I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts, questions, concerns? I probably could go on, but no, uh, I'm good for now. Okay. We'll talk more in another show about it if it comes up. But we'll talk this off season. Anyway. We'll have a lot of yeah. discussions about all this. This is absolutely uh, going to be great. Great year uh, for. But the Yankees. Clubhouse. The Yankees. Yankees series. So we talked about the Nationals last nine, uh-huh. seven and two. Let's talk about the Yankees last nine, zero oh and nine. Yeah. I believe this is their longest losing streak since nineteen. 19- 86? Yeah, I think you're 82. about there. 82. You're 1982. There. That's the one. I just had to open the tab. I knew it was in the 80s. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> 1982. This is their longest losing streak. Obviously, the Yankees just have not been good this year, and that has a lot to do with their offense not working outside of Aaron Judge. Yeah. Um. You know, so... These two, co- these two teams are coming in at really opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, they have they have a very similar record. Yankees were supposed to be World Series contenders this year. The Nats were not. Uh, yeah, they were my they were my team to win the AL Yeah, at least. Not looking good right now for uh, that prediction. Uh, uh, my number yeah, two is doing pretty good though. Yeah. You know, I had a miss in the playoffs, but I also had the O's miss in the playoffs, so... um. Well, I mean, I had the yeah. O's in second, so, you know, they're, they're doing yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so uh, so we'll both take our lumps on this one. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, you know, these two, t- these two teams are in very similar spots right now. You know, one team is ready to admit it, and the other one isn't. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I, don't I, know I, think, you... I think the Yankees are willing to admit what they're, they are where they're at. I think I think they're just stuck. Have you listened to anything that their manager's been saying recently? Well, I mean, like, what is it? What else is he gonna? Ha- what else is he gonna say? I don't know. He just. What, what else is he supposed <laughs> to say, Jeremy? I can't seriously in the media. I really can't. Like half the se- half the things I see him say are just like I didn't say that, and then he did say it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little funny. I mean, like when you look at where they're at, like what what else are they supposed to do? They're kind of just stuck. Uh. They have a $274 million payroll this year. You know, they're paying mm. Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole $76 million combined. Uh, right, but those two have been really good. Like, those are the bright spots on their team. Yeah, know? and then you have the starter for tonight who wasn't healthy for most of the year. And when he has been, he has a 70 RA. Uh, then you have a guy who... He's just on the IL, and he's eating up 21 mil. Giancarlo Stanton's being paid with after the, you know, Marlins contract. He's being paid 29 million. Yeah. Like after the Marlins like sh- end of it. It's yeah, just 
a bad spot. Yeah, it's a bad spot for them. But anyway, we're in this series now. Game one. Nats win two to one. DJ Abrams and uh oh my god. Carter Keeboom. <laughs> Carter Keeboom. I'm sorry, I just blanked for a second. Carter Keeboom hit home run. Uh we talked about Carter Keeboom a little bit. Uh but Nats win. Good win. Uh you mentioned Mackenzie uh, not Mackenzie Gore, uh Josiah Gray got a little lucky on his outing, but still, six innings pitched. Yeah, it was a, it was quality a quality start. It was a quality start. I mean, it was. Uh, I uh, it was just you know. A little inefficient, but you know he got it done. Yeah. Uh. But game two. Got Mackenzie Gore taking on Luis Severino. Uh. In game three, got Patrick Corbin again uh, taking the mound. The Yankees have not announced their starter. That's probably going to be a bullpen game. <laughs> Excuse me. They haven't. Oh my goodness. Nope. Or have they at least not on. Have they announced their starter? Not when I looked. Not when I looked like an hour after. before the show. They might have done it now. Let me check. I'm, I'm checking to see if they announced. They haven't announced past that. So, so I'm not seeing a starter announced on ESPN. I don't know what website you checked. I have Garrett Cole slated to start that game. All right. Uh, okay. I assumed it was going to be a bullpen game. See if it was undecided this close to the date, but uh. He last pitched on 8 slash 19. That's six days ago. That lines up, but. Yeah. Or six days from the start. Or five days from the start. Never yeah, mind. so I mean, that lines up. It lines up. It's It might be him. It might be a bullpen game. I don't know. Um, But anyway. Game two, what do you think about this matchup? I've been kind of back and forth because, I mean, we, I, we already talked about it a little bit with Mackenzie Gore. He's up and down, um, but I think I like him in this matchup a little bit. Uh, I yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup for Gore, uh, something that the Yankees have been famous for since, like, 2019, right? It's their short porch in left field, right? So you would think, let's stack our lineup with lefties, let them get that nice, easy pull-side power. No, uh, they the lineup's full of righties. Uh, their only uh, lefty in that lineup is catcher uh, who homered today, and uh, Ben Wortvort. Uh, it's just you know, it's gonna be rough for him to you know navigate a lineup full of righties, especially when we talk about some of these names, man. You know, like Aaron Judge just hit. Like a ton of home runs, one MVP. Uh, Gleyber Torres, you know, has been pretty good at baseball in his career. Giancarlo Stanton, the same. Anthony Volpe, you know, he's hit some homers as a rookie. You know, he's not been, you know, he's not a rookie of the year. You know, he hasn't had a uh, C.J. Abrams quite. Actually, no. They're they're about the same. Value wise, okay. Yeah, you know, he's had I mean, a solid rookie year. 
Yeah, because I mean he's been he's been solid all year, and Abrams kind of just exploded onto yeah. the scene in the last month. Yeah, which I think so. Is I guess it's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean you know their big lefty bat, uh, Anthony Rizzo, he's on the IL, uh, from a concussion that he, he suffered way back in May, uh, and it was just lately put on the uh, post concussion syndrome IL. Like I don't know if you've heard about that. Uh, but it's been weird out in the Bronx. Uh, the Nats, I mean, they can win it. I could also see it going very poorly. Uh, it kind of comes down to what New York Yankees, maybe I'm giving the Yankees too much respect. Uh, I don't know. Luis Severino hasn't been that great this year, though. So they got that going. No. No. He's been... Uh, he's been fine. Uh, and obviously, game two. There's two different possibilities here. In a bullpen game, I think it's close. But... If Garrett Cole is going... Uh, yeah, that's going to be rough. That's going to be tough. Listen, maybe... Be tough. maybe, I, It would be a little funny... If Patrick Corbin outdueled Garrett Cole, however improbable <laughs> it is, because uh, you know Garrett Cole's been one of the best pitchers in the American League this year, it would be really funny if Patrick Corbin outdueled him. It would. I don't think it's gonna happen though. But I don't. I mean, recently, Corbin's shown flashes of himself again. Mm-hmm. You know, so if there ever was a time after 2019 for him to do it, it'd be now. It would be now. You're right. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, do you, Aiden, have a national to watch for the rest of this series? The rest of this series, uh, I don't know if they're gonna give him another start. But I mean, I I I, I like Carter Keebum. Mm-hmm. He uh, when you look at his career so far he's had uh two thirds of a major league season worth of plate appearances over three years so it's hard for him to you know show any sort of success at the major league level and I think he has a chance to show that here now and I hope he does show out and just absolutely crush it uh, but I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. Happy Homer tonight though. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Carter Keboom is gonna be fun to watch. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of want to see. I'm kind of feeling a little a little uh, little Joey bomb uh coming. Joey series. bomb, little, little Joey bomb. A Joey bomb, you say? Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of. I don't know. I don't know. I don't he know. doesn't know. I mean, it would be. I, I think a Joey bomb in a really c- crucial situation <laughs> would be uh, quite Joey. It really would be. Um, no, my nat to watch was also Carter Keboom, but uh, I'll pivot to Joey Manessis here. Okay. Uh, always a nice little backup here to have. Uh, you know, good things happen when he hits a home run. 
it does. Good things do happen. But good things tend to happen when he hits a home run. Uh, so that's my that's my nat to watch. Uh, for this week or for this series. Mm-hmm. Um, my yeah. my nat to watch in that uh A series did really well. He did. Yeah. He did. They all did. They all did. <laughs> See, genius idea by me. Just pick the entire lineup. I should just pick the entire team this week. Yeah, but I had Kybert, so you know. Uh, so I think I win. Yeah, that that was pretty good. Uh, you, Jeremy. Yes. Do you have just a little bit more time to quick talk about something I really want to talk about with you? I've got all night. I was okay. being serious when I said that. Okay. So, Mr. Jeremy. We we talked about how great this bullpen is, right? Mm-hmm. Now I don't know how much you know. I don't know if you're a little person like me, who spends all day and night scrolling through Nats Twitter. Mm. You are not, I'm assuming. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a casual Nats Twitter scroller. I'm not okay. a not a hardcore <laughs> one like not me. Not a hardcore person in that world like you are. Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard. But Carl Edwards Jr., Thad Ward, and Tanner Rainey have all begun rehab assignments. I love me some Tanner Rainey. And they started those approximately five days ago, Mm -hmm. which would mean they've got about 15 days left until they must be activated or, you know, like cut. Uh, which I don't think we're going to see any of these guys get cut considering the Nationals will then have three options as long as they keep them for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I think Tanner Rainey is definitely secure here. And I would assume Carl Edwards Jr., he was pretty good when we last when he was last healthy. Yeah. So now we I invite you to go imagine this bullpen with me, right? I love it. You have Kyle Finnegan as your closer. You have mm-hmm. Hunter Harvey as your eighth inning guy. All right. A coming back from Tommy John Tanner Rainey as your seventh inning guy. I love it. You got He's Carl Edwards Jr., Jose Ferrer, Jordan Weems, and Andres Machado to kind of mix and match however you want. And then you just have Thad Ward to eat innings. <laughs> that sounds like a lovely, lovely bullpen. And don't even me. forget about Mason Thompson. Mm-hmm. This is going to be an absolutely ridiculous bullpen here in just a couple weeks. See, I love those guys. Mm-hmm. I love me a good Tanner Rainey-Jordan Weems combo. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. That sounds, like, wonderful. Mm-hmm. But... All of those guys, when they're on, it's the same thing. When they're when they're good, that is an elite bullpen yeah. if all of them are on. Mm-hmm. But on that flip side of that same exact coin right there, mm-hmm. every single one of those guys, and I, I do mean every single one of those guys, can implode at any moment. I think, right, part of the implosion that we've seen comes to and stems back to, okay, Jeremy, I'm going to take you back on a road trip. Okay, down memory lane. Sure. 2019. 
how many usable relievers were in that bullpen at the start of the year? Honestly, I only remember the amount of usable uh, relievers at the end of the year, so I have no idea. So, Sean Doolittle was like the only guy in that bullpen that was any good mm -hmm. at the beginning of that year. And you know and what? used him. And he used him a lot. We used him. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and now then, after 2019, after 2020, Sean Doolittle left. Right? Well, he left. His his arm was destroyed halfway through 2019. Yeah. He, so. Well, after those years, though, he left the team, right? Right. Who became our new closer? Tanner Rainey. How many usable bullpen arms did we have when Tanner Rainey was a closer? Probably zero. Ex <laughs> just Tanner Rainey, right? <laughs> right. Like I love Tanner Rainey. I love him. But at that point, no. Because um. he was used so much. He was the only guy that was like remotely reliable. <laughs> this is where I'm getting to. We've overused so many guys because we had so few high-level options. Where we can kind of be like, we don't have a guy sitting on the bench for a week straight and then just comes in and, you know, it's the, the you know, he has to, literally has to pitch because we have nobody else to pitch. And they don't want to use him and then he gives up eight runs. Not going to name names. But, like, we don't have that issue anymore. Imagine what we can do with a well-rested bullpen, Jeremy. The Nationals might be unstoppable. Uh, it was their biggest weakness all along. It always was. It always, always has was. been. It always uh, has been. It always <laughs> So, I'm really excited for this. Now, on the flip side, the downside of this, right? Expanded rosters, we had two more roster spots, right? You think, okay, cool, that gives us time to fig figure out who's good. You know, we can maybe call up some guys who are performing in the minors. That means we have to activate these three guys. I, I just don't see room for anybody else to come up. Like, you're going to well, option I mean, people. Honestly, at this point, it doesn't make sense to bring more people up than the people that have already been up this season. Yeah, like, you know, I, I see people on Nat's Twitter shouting from the rooftops. We need to see Jackson Rutledge. Let's see, uh, you know, James Wood. Let's see, you know, Robert Hassel I haven't really seen as much. The one I've really seen now lately, with especially with his latest promotion Dylan Cruz. It just it just doesn't make sense. Like the 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 spot the Nats are in, right? It just doesn't make sense. That that is a spring training twenty twenty four. That's when I want to see these guys. I think they make the opening day roster twenty twenty four. I'm not even joking. I think three of those guys have made opening day roster twenty twenty four. And I think you're right, but I just don't. And as much as as a fan. As a fan, not as a person trying to think what's best for the team, I would love to see these exciting young prospects up as quick as possible. But it just doesn't make sense to do it this season. It really doesn't. Like, there's not... I, I can't really see a way where it makes sense. Like, get Tanner Rainey, get Carl Edwards Jr., get get these guys activated and on the roster, all right? Mm -hmm. They're they're fine. We we know what we have with them. 
you know, they aren't James Woods, they aren't Dylan Cruz, they aren't uh, Robert Hassel, they aren't Jackson Rutledge, all these guys that are ready to come up, or not, not all of them are ready, but they're like this there. close to being yeah. ready, you know? They're not... They're all in the upper minors. Yeah, basically. They're they're so close, but we don't need to bring them up right now because it's not going to do anything for our season, you know? It just isn't. It's it's not it's not even gonna. It's probably better, you know, media wise as well to do it next season. Mm -hmm. Anyway, because like, who's gonna be like? What what kind of giant media stir is it gonna be? We call up James Woods to for the Nats in a month or not a month in like a week, right? We call him up, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, James Woods is up!" And then that's it, you know. It's not exciting. It's not the start of a new season where anything could happen. The Nats are the Nats right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to get any kind of extended media buzz or coverage or anything unless, you know, he absolutely mashes, which could happen. But I don't know. It just doesn't make sense in any way that I can look at it for them to call any of those guys up at the end of the season. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think right now we're kind of in that figure out what we've got. Uh, part of, you know, why I'm sh the Nationals are calling up somebody like Carter Keebu and calling up Jeter Downs and kind of giving them this playing time in the majors. All these guys are on the doorstep. You know, they are on that doorstep. And of those people we've talked about, only Jackson Rutledge is 40-man. Uh where now, you know, we're looking at 2024 and we've got a full 40 man. Where, where how, who are we cutting? Who are we getting rid of? And so it's now is the best time to figure out, okay, is Carter Keeboom a part of next year and beyond? Is Jeter Downs part of next year and beyond? And even now, like, if we call these guys up, they're going to take playing time from who? Are we going to DH yeah. them? Are we gonna just, you know, sorry, Blake Rutherford, you had a rough 16 plate appearances, you're out of the league again. I, I'd rather see and have these guys play, figure out what these guys are who are currently on the 40 man, and then once we've evaluated that in the off season, make those cuts, add those guys on, and you know, play it from there. Because I mean, from right now, you're DFAing a bunch of people in September for meaningless baseball games, this, you know, give a guy a cup of coffee for five games, you know, 30 games, maybe at most. It just yeah, doesn't make it sense. It doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't. Uh, that's part of it. You know, they're going to have, there's guys on the bubble on this team. We've had, I mean, as much as I'm a fan of Joey Manessis, we've had conversations. Does he fit in the future? Right. These are the type of, if they if they call these guys up now, these are the type of conversations that they're gonna have to have right now. Obviously Joey's not gonna be first on the chopping block. But you know, if you get to the point, there's some there's gonna be guys like that that are good, that are kind that might be on the chopping block. Mm hmm Um I mean even then, I mean you say Joey's probably not the first name on I I'm gonna be honest, Jeremy. I don't see many people who, you know, get cut before him. Yeah, no, that's why he was first on my mind, honestly. 
I was like, trying to think of people that went before him, and I couldn't. But I know in my heart he's not the first guy on the I mean, block. Chavis, Michael Chavis, probably before him. Uh, getting like taken off the roster. Jeter Downs might get DFA'd. Uh, he's somebody who I could see that happening to. Blake Rutherford, Alex right. Call, and then now you're getting to, you know, are we giving up on Carter Keeboom? Dom Smith, are we done with him? Are we done with Joey? Now we don't have a first baseman if we cut both of those guys. I, I just... Uh, it just doesn't make sense. It's just, yeah. Like, that's that's what that's when we need to sit down in the offseason and make these decisions, not in September. Yeah. And that's, that's really, I feel like we're on the same page here, but... Yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be a huge shakeup this off season with mm-hmm. the roster, you know. Oh, a ton. It's not think... gonna be completely unrecognizable, but most of these guys, a lot of these guys aren't safe, you know. Mm-hmm. And we'll yeah. just have to see how that pans out. I mean, you know, we're we've talked about, you know, all the prospects that we're talking about that are near MLB ready. We named a starting pitcher and three outfielders, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. The Nationals have. You know, Lane Thomas, Stone Garrett, Blake Rutherford, and Alex Call in that rotation. And I think, you know, the Nats fans might... I mean, I don't think they have an attachment to Rutherford, but I think, you know, Nats fans... I know some... Alex Call is a very divisive player uh, on Nats Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like, Stone Garrett and Lane Thomas, like, are we... One of those guys are going to have to get benched. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, look, these are tough decisions that need to be made. Honestly, if I'm looking at it from Nats, Nats, uh, just as a general Nats population, I don't think people would really care that much if Alex Call was gone. I don't think people no. would really care that much if Stone Garrett was gone. I would care if Stone Garrett was gone. I, I love Stone Garrett. I think but, how good he's been right now. I mean, Jeremy. I don't. I think you're underestimating how good Stone Garrett's been. No, I'm not. I love Stone Garrett. Stone, Stone Garrett, Garrett is, is like I one of the most be, valuable players be. on this roster right now, Jeremy. I, would, I I'm just saying. I think like a casual Nats fan. Oh, casual Nats fan. Him. No. That that's but... that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a casual Nats fan here, right? Like if Lane Thomas was gone, I think a casual Nats fan would care a little bit. Yeah. You know. I don't think they'd care that much if Stone Garrett disappeared off the roster. I would. I love him. I don't want him to leave. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> we're talking about players, right? He's the fourth most valuable player that's position player the Nats have had this year. Mm-hmm. And he's the third most valuable player that's been on the team, that's on the team right now at least. Because Candelario is still first. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just going to be a weird off-season, man. Dang. That would suck if Joey got cut. That would suck. He wouldn't, I don't think. Maybe. I think he'll ride the bench next season. Joey? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's another guy. I mean, he, uh, for casual Nats fans that they recognize, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, 
enough of me liking players that might not be on the roster in next year. It's gonna but... be sad, man. Like uh, <laughs> we gotta attach to these these scrappy nats, and you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be sad. We'll deal with that when it happens. It's uh... okay. We're getting Shohei this off season. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Juan Soto's coming back in two three years. We're gonna... <laughs> Juan Soto and Otani. <laughs> who needs anybody else? Where are we going to we'll play like all the, our guys now? Where, we'll be we the East Coast Angels. <laughs> where? <laughs> all right, Jeremy. Where does it James is... Wood fit when when these guys come back to Washington? What has happened? I don't know, man. I... <laughs> anyway, uh, it's it's been a show. It's been a show. Uh, Thank you everyone so much for tuning in to in the clubhouse with the nats report you've been your hosts jeremy lapidus and hayden raymer uh check out uh the nats report uh hayden has been doing his morning brief he mentioned it in this episode it's really good check it out he works hard i do uh new stuff on the nats report coming out soon hopefully um you, if you missed any of our episodes, you can check us out on YouTube, on any of anywhere you get uh, podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. There's a lot of platforms out there. Those are, I think, the only three find we're us. on right now, but... Uh, find us. Yeah. We're on anyway, all those three uh, on YouTube. Out, check us out on YouTube. Uh, we really appreciate everyone so much for tuning in. We do. We will probably be back uh in a couple days after the yankees series but cannot promise that because school starts tomorrow so uh we'll figure it out anyway thank you so much for tuning in we will see you next time peace bye